Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. When I was a boy, my maternal grandfather and I would go for walks along the Little White River on the northern part of the reservation walk all over, walked along the river, over the hills, across the meadows, the prairies, wherever. And this occurred over a few years, in any season of the year. He just liked to walk. He liked the physical activity to walk, and he liked to look at the land. He liked to point things out to me. And I paid attention. But there was something that he did. We would stop every now and then. And he did this frequently. We would stop and he would grab me by the shoulders and he would turn me around and he would make me look at the trail the way we had come to this point. And he would say, remember that trail, remember the way we came. And I dutifully said, yes, Grandpa. He did this a lot. Finally, when I was seven, the year before I went away to school, I worked up the nerve to ask him, well, Grandpa, why are you saying this? Why are you making me look back? And his answer was simple enough, and and it fell into place for me years later. He said, one of these times I'm going to send you back down these trails by yourself. And if you don't remember the way, you will be lost. that is a statement about our past that big quantifiable past that is there that is larger than anything in our lives if we don't know how we got to the point that we are as individuals and as a society but especially as individuals then we're lost because we don't know where we came from not the flamboyant warrior with the feathers in his hair and the lance in his hand, which is an iconic image that everybody has of Native people. No, that's not what we were about. That's only part of what we were, only a small part of what we were as people. The other part is compassion and having a purpose and taking care of each other. Those were the most important things. So that's why ancestry is important to me. That's why ancestry should be important to everybody no matter who we are, whether we're native or not, no matter what our culture is, no matter what our society is, no matter what our standing in the community is, and I don't care what we do for a living, ancestry is important. You have to know the trail that you came down to be at the point that you are as an individual. You have to look back at that trail, the road that you have walked with your ancestors. Their values, kind of people they were, 
the kind of mistakes they made, the kind of accomplishments they had. They're all a part of me. All of that is part of who I am. Wow. Hello, everyone. You're listening to America Meditating Radio, and I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was Chief Joseph Campbell, who basically reminded us that so much of everything that we have taken from outside in, whether it's a value or a loss or something that inspires you and nurtures you very spiritually, or something that really has your blood crawling, you know, something that really has you aching. But there's something inside that we can sense what's right for us, what's good for us. Today I had the strangest scene. I decided to go into my Twitter handle and unfollow any energy that I felt wasn't supporting an elevated consciousness. I don't have a lot. I mean, I don't have a lot of followers. I mean, I don't follow a lot of individuals. However, I went back on some of the folks that I have selected to follow. And um, there were some that are just current narratives. And, you know, you're just curious to find out what they're up to. You know, what's their latest rant that they're on. And I just wanted to unfollow all of those people. Like, I don't need to know what your life or your world is about. It's obvious you're supporting an energy that's dark, but I wonder what would be my journey or my destiny when I go back onto my Twitter handle later on today or tomorrow morning. And I'm only getting information and messages from folks that I want to hear from. That, you know, folks that are inspiring my tribe. Folks that are connected to the opening of divinity, the opening of grace, the opening of golden age. There is no doubt that which is old has to fall apart. We're witnessing it. We're witnessing the upheaval, the confusion, the darkness, the complexities, all because of vice, the vice vibration that has become so mixed in our consciousness and in our stories. And they're so attached to even our past stories that we're not able to forget, forgive, or even release. So there are stories in us. We're walking with them. We might have just put them on the shelf or stuck them in the closet, but they're still in the house. The vibrations, the feeling, the the, the fear, the desire, the frustration, it's still in the house. It's still in my house. It's still in the soul. And so if that energy is still there and it finds itself selecting things outside of it to still somehow feed it or give it confirmation that there's still some negativity there, there's still some waste there, there's still some worthlessness there, there's still self-doubt there, then let us choose to no longer go to that energy. I wrote an article on the Post the other day, Huffington Post. Please go and take a read at it. The title of it, Think and Speak Only of the People You Wish to Become. And I listed all the people that have inspired me up until this point. Some people who were shocked that they made the list, and I thought, hmm, it's interesting, because I saw this quality in the person, even though the person never saw that in him. So select your tribe. We need to galvanize a lot of powerful, positive, really elevated, vibrational, energetic people. We need to start really a movement of individuals quietly building their character, building their value, building their worth, 
no matter at what cost, they will not sell out the light for something short-lived. Power, position, money, or greed, however you want to define it. But that they start to listen to their intuitive self, that, that gut feeling, like every time you go against your gut, you regret it. That intuition that has the flavor of God's blessings, the energy of God's purity in it. Without purity of spirit, you can't experience being a peaceful soul. And if you're not a peaceful soul, you can't be happy. So when you're connecting to your gut intuition, that gut feeling, that gut feeling has grace in it, has God's power. It's the ability to understand something so quickly and you don't even have any intellectual reason behind why you're thinking what you're feeling. Why is just about 8 out of 10 people feeling a forthcoming upheaval, destruction, completion, this? I mean, geez, in Hawaii alone, there is a false alarm for a missile launch. In Hawaii, in the age and the climate that we're in, a false alarm? Or was it a signal? Is it our intuition? Was that our gut telling us something is coming? Prepare. Get yourself out of debt. Forgive everybody now. Say goodbye to the people that no longer serve your elevated self with love. Let go of all of your misunderstandings, all of your jealousies, all of your insecurities. Get your spirit prepared. Prepared for what? Prepared for feeling that you've claimed victory over the illusion. And that you're ready to give back to the destiny, to the universe, the gift that we were all given from the beginning, that we were made in God's image. And we're trying to return that favor. Stay tuned. Don't hang up that phone or change that dial. Acclaimed Australian filmmaker Bill Bennett will be joining us. And we're very happy to share. The Meditation Museum will be doing a screening of his new movie, which we'll be talking about PGS, Intuition. So we'll be right back to talk to Bill right after these messages. Hello, I am Dr. Margaret Fitzpatrick, president of St. Thomas Aquinas College, a vibrant, student-centered institution located in the New York City metropolitan area. St. Thomas Aquinas College provides a quality education in our schools of arts and science, business, and education. Enroll at St. Thomas Aquinas College, where we promote social responsibility through community engagement and create responsible citizens and leaders. Visit us at www.scac.edu. Jet Smarter. Jet Smarter. JetSmarter.com. I hope you get it. Are you ready to travel smart? Imagine no more TSA, no more long lines, no more waiting and shoving and being pat down or even getting seated in the middle. You too can begin to enjoy a royal and peace-filled way of travel with folks on the move doing good in our world. America Meditating Radio is pleased to partner with JetSmarter as we take traveling to a whole new level. All you have to do is call 888-VIP-JET and tell them Sister Jen is set to call you and use the code AMJET for specials. Join me on JetSmarter.com today and let's make 2018 great.
Gratitude by Kristen Hoffman. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to America Meditating Radio. Our show is very privileged to welcome acclaimed Australian filmmaker Bill Bennett. Bill heard a voice while rushing early one morning to the New Orleans airport, and as he approached an intersection, the voice told him, Slow down, Bill, slow down. Fortunately, Bill listened because a huge truck ran a red light on a cross street, missing him by inches. If it were not for that voice, Bill will have been killed. Ever since, Bill has been determined to find out what that voice was, where it came from, and why his life was saved. His theatrical documentary entitled PGS Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System documents Bill Bennett's journey to find the source of the voice which saved his life. Bill is a writer, producer, director of the feature films and documentaries in a career spanning more than 30 years. He's made numerous feature films and documentaries and won many awards, both in his own country of Australia and internationally. He's won Australia's equivalent of the Oscar for Best Picture and Best Director. He's been nominated a further 12 times. Bill's films have been distributed through several Hollywood studios and have screened at some of the world's most prestigious film festivals. Today we welcome Bill Bennett to the air. Hi, Bill. Welcome. Thank you, Sister Jenna. Thank you for that very nice introduction. Isn't that voice that we get, that gut feeling, It's didn't we all have that when we were babies, kids? Like, we just knew not to go here, not to go there. Like, what is that voice? What have you realized about that voice, that intuitive voice? Well, look, it's, um, I spent, that, that incident that you described happened in 19, 1999, so it's been... Uh-huh. 18 years I've really been researching and pondering all of this and what I have I've come to the conclusion that intuition falls into three main categories the first category is what I call survival intuition which is as you say survival it's survival of the species it's it's the survival instinct that a mother has for the health and well-being of her child 
But it's also the survival intuition that we experience when, when we find ourselves in a dark alley and we, and we, we sense danger or threat and we feel it, mm-hmm. we just feel it on the back of our neck, the hairs rise up and so forth. So that's survival intuition. Then there is what I call cognitive intuition. Cognitive intuition is intuition that's based on past experience or expert knowledge. And often that's experienced in the gut, as you say. Um, like a CEO might have a gut reaction to, to or might make a gut decision mm. based on a, a very complex issue. And that CEO pulls, pulls that decision out of seemingly nowhere and confounds everybody. Invariably, that gut decision is a correct one. But it's based on what I call subsumed memory recall, which is deeply buried, forgotten knowledge that he's able to access or he or she is able to access almost instantaneously. And that's what I call cognitive intuition. The voice that I heard in that car that saved my life, I have come to realize is, is what I call fits into the third category. And that's what I call mystical intuition. And that's intuition that has no basis in logic, intellect, expertise, past knowledge, anything like that. It is divine intuition. And that can, mm-hmm. it can be experienced in the gut. I believe that it's intuition that comes in through our subtle, subtle body. It works within our energetic realm. It interfaces with our physiological realm. And sometimes through the chakra system, it can connect through the gut. Sometimes it can connect through the heart. Sometimes it can connect through a sense of knowing. And there are times when it can manifest as a voice, as it did in my case. So what I've discovered is that a lot of people use the word intuition in a kind of a catch-all way, but they don't, I think, really understand what intuition is. And I think what you're talking about, Sister Jenna, is what I would say is mystical intuition, which is intuition Mm -hmm. which is connected to the divine. Yeah, which I think is the kind that we need now more than ever because I think many of us, whether we consider ourselves awakened or awakening or even folks that we might you know that might say i'm still sleeping i'm not as evolved as you are i hear that all the time in washington dc by the way i can't help but continue to listen to the multitude of voices that say gosh none of this feels right none of this feels good what are you sensing in terms of the current times that we're living in and We'll definitely talk about the movie right after that. Um, I think there's a lot of fear about. Um, and what I've learnt in the making of the film is that fear is the greatest inhibitor to intuition. Um, I, I believe there's a lot of fear. But equally, I believe that, uh, I sense this very strongly, is that there is a groundswell of people who are overcoming this fear and are wanting to awaken or have awakened and are wanting more. Uh, I, I feel this is very very strongly. In fact, there is um, a section of my film towards the end where I ask a lot, of, a lot of the people that I've interviewed, what is the bigger picture? And every one of them have, have said that we're, we're moving from a body-based intellectual um, society, if you like, to a spirit-based intuitive society. And I think that's happening. But first, we have to overcome the fear. Mm, I know. I get that. So let's talk about the movie, which we're going to be screening at the Meditation Museum. Um, how did you approach the making of the PG's Intuition, and how come you didn't call me to be a part of the movie? 
<laughs> I should have. My goodness. Um, yeah, crikey. Um, look, um, yeah, as you said in your introduction, I've made a lot of films. And right. when I finally decided that I should make a film on this search that I was doing, I tried to use all of the... Um, I tried to make the set about making this film in the way that I've made the other films in the past. And the way that I've made the films in the past, the other films in the past, was through will force, <laughs> if, I can, <laughs> if I can put it that kindly. But basically, I set a goal, I work towards achieving that goal, and I don't let anything get in my way, and I bulldoze through our obstacles, and, and I get something done. But I soon realized that that just wasn't working with this film at all, and nothing was coming mm -hmm. together. And I was at that point of giving up, after years and years and years of trying to get this film up, and going to the distributors and the financiers and so forth and people that I've, that I've um, dealt with in the past, and they would say, Bill, look, this is a great idea and I'm sure that there's an audience for it, but, um, but this is just too left field. I guess Sister Jenna, I made it hard for myself in that I didn't know what the budget would be. I didn't know how long I would be filming for. I didn't know when I would complete the film. All I, all I knew is that I had to have the freedom to be able to make the film the, the way I want to make it. And no one would back me. And I had a very prophetic dream. And that dream told me clearly that I had to make the film regardless. I had to do it with limited resources. I just had to get on with it. And even if it meant shooting it myself and just jury-rigging it, I had to do it. Anyway, I woke up out of that dream and I looked across at the bedside clock and it was 4.44 in the morning. And mm. I thought, that's strange. So I reached over and got my iPad and I googled what does 4.44 mean and up came entry after entry after entry and essentially they, they said the same thing. What they said was that 4.44 is a powerful angelic number telling you that right at this moment you are surrounded by your angels and your archangels and they are urging you to move forward with your endeavour that you are to use your inner wisdom and your intuition <laughs> it said <laughs> and know that these angels and archangels will protect you and guide you to great success. So I'm lying in bed and I'm reading this at 4.44 in the morning <laughs> and I have to make a decision. Do I believe this or do I just put the, shut the iPad up and go back to sleep and just think, gee, that's really weird and just get on with my life and, and essentially walk away from the film? I had to make a decision then and there. And I mean, Sister Jenny, you've got to understand, I come from a secular background. My parents... Yeah both dentists. All my siblings have gone into the medical professions. I, in fact, started off studying medicine. So I came from a very evidence-based background, and that was the context within which I had to make this decision. And you know what? It just felt right. It just felt yeah. right for me to believe that what I was reading was true, that the dream that I had just had was a significant, clear message and that I should just go, go with it. And that was the turning point for me. And at that moment, I decided that I would throw away all my old paradigms and I would work with spirit intuitively, to make the film intuitively. And that's what I did. Beautiful. Now, who are some of the people in the film? Well, I, you see, I didn't start off with a list. Having decided to make the film this <laughs> right, way... Right, I forgot. It's an intuitive movie, so of course... It's absolutely intuitive. <laughs> Yeah, um, right, so, right. Look, I, I ended up getting the who's who of intuition, but I, I never started off that way. I was just led from person to person to person. But, but 
They include people like Carolyn Mace, Dr. Norm Shealy, who was Carolyn's mentor, um, James Van Prague, Judith Orloff. But I've also got um, the Prince of Bhutan. I've got wow. basically the Hindu equivalent of the Dalai Lama in India. I've got these extraordinary wow. people. And, but I was just led to them. I, I, there was nothing, having made the decision to, to make the film intuitively, I had to let go of control, and that was a really hard thing for me because up until that point, you know, control was what I, how I worked. Um, so to throw all that out the window and just trust and just allow <laughs> guidance to lead me from one thing to the other was a huge, huge um, Can I tell you, change for me. can I share with you how I think we're all learning about the balance of this, where there's that thing that we know we're supposed to release, let it go, but there's also a part in which it can't manifest anything if I'm also still not engaged. And it's so interesting for me to observe the, I think what we're trying to get to is the purity of the intent. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to let go any impurity because I think that's what's holding back what I think we really want to achieve or whatever it might be that we're being called to do. Um, was there a particular definition of one of your experts in the movie in which they're sharing of you what intuition meant to them amplified your interpretation of intuition? Oh, gee, that's a good question. Um, let me think about that. Um, you use the word grace. Um, mm -hmm. Pardon me, and, and the person that I that I said before, the uh, the Hindu saint that I interviewed, Puja Swamiji Chidanand Saraswati, um, he's a very important person and a revered spiritual leader, not only in India but around the world. And he talks a lot about um, grace. In fact, he I call the film Personal Guidance System PGS, and he calls it. Um, um, Personal godly, I think he said God's GPS or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it's um, it's just wonderful. Carolyn Mace has an extraordinary presence in the film, and one of the things that she says that I have pondered over long, a long, long time. She says towards the end of the film, "How do you know what is a bad thing?" And I thought about that very simple sentence. And I thought back on my life and I thought, my goodness, she's right. You know, things that you think are bad, you think that your intuition is leading you down a bad place. And then it, it might be years later you realize that, that it wasn't bad at all. In fact, that turned out to be the best thing for you. Um, and that, that very simple thing from, from Carolyn, I think, has, has really had a very, very profound effect on me. Yeah, I love Carolyn very much. Um, you talk about the first thought, the best thought, and I think many of us have connected to why didn't I just listen to my gut feeling? I knew this decision wasn't going to work, or I just knew I should have gone this way. Talk to us a little bit about that first thought, that best thought, like what does it mean? Because sometimes let's say that I get an ache in my back. And we're picking up some old stories of maybe 10 lifetimes ago, and all I'm, I'm beginning to think, oh, my God, my back's going to be broken. I just knew it. That might have been your first thought, but it really isn't. But was it? Was it the soul picking up a thought of many lives in the past? And is the back pain a signal? Do you understand I'm saying how very um, intricate it could be? So what is that first thought about or best thought? 
what I believe is this, and this is what I've come to believe, and not everybody's going to believe this, but this is what I've come to believe. I believe that we incarnate into this into this plane, in this body, with an implicit blueprint that has been worked out between lives beforehand while we're in that, um, that realm where we can work with our guides and our masters and so forth. And that blueprint comes with us into this earthly plane, and that is our destiny path. And you talked before, Sister Jenna, about um, babies and young children being very intuitive, and I believe that up to a certain age, that blueprint is still, uh, if you like, quite, uh, quite revealed. I mean, I, I've had three children, and at birth I've looked into the eyes of those children, and I've seen this extraordinary wisdom and sense of agelessness, and it's, it's shocked me, to be quite frank, it's actually taken me aback because the profundity in the look of that baby is just extraordinary. Mm. So I believe that we come in with this blueprint and our, the purpose of intuition is basically to keep us consistent with that blueprint. And when we get these nudges and we get these, um, these thoughts, most oftentimes we dismiss them because they're the crazy thoughts, they're the thoughts that we think could lead us down a path to loss or lack of love or whatever you know, bad thing that you might think, and so we dismiss it. And we revert to the mm-hmm. second thought, which is the logical thought, and it's the common sense thought, and it's the thought that um, right. you know, our, our peers have. But it's the safe thought, and it's the limiting, constricting thought. Whereas our first thought, our intuitive, our true intuitive thought, is the thought that is meant to guide us, to protect us and keep us from harm, as you said, but ultimately to, to keep us on our destiny path, which will lead to expansion. And what I say in the film is, is to the full expression of who we are, whatever that might mean. But that's why we have to, you know, you talked before about you know, key, key phrases and words in the, you know, that I picked up in the making of the film. One of mm-hmm. them is pay attention. Pay attention both to the external signs around you because intuition is working in a whole bunch of different ways. It's working through numerology. It's working through the the signage that might be on a bus as it passes. It's working through Mm -hmm. the words of a song that you might hear as you pass by um, a cafeteria that's that's got um, the radio on. So intuition is trying to work with you across a whole bunch of different ways. And internally it's working with you as well. So this first thought is the divine thought, and it's the, it's the thought that will lead to expansion and to your true, full potential as a human being. That's very gorgeous. Um, tell us where our listeners can find out where the movie will be screening or showing. I know you guys had an incredible sold-out movie in, was that in California? Yeah, well, it's been amazing, yeah. Sister Jennifer. I've got to say, we, had, uh, we, we opened the film... Wednesday, January 10th at the San Rafael uh, Cinema, big cinema, 350-seater, it sold out well, well beforehand. And then because of that, they then had a second screening four days later. That sold out in the big cinema as well. We've been having sell-out screenings ever since because the word of mouth is getting out there. But basically what we're doing at the moment is we're screening the film on what I call pop-up screenings, which are uh, screenings where a host has to host the film. Uh, they work with us and with the distributor to organise the cinema, uh, and get the number of people required to make the film economically viable, make it a go picture, and then it goes from there. But the best way that people can 
access it probably is either through our distributors called Gather, G-A-T-H-R, films. That's Gather, G-A-T-H-R dot U-S. Or simply go to the movie's website, which is pgsthemovie.com. Beautiful. Well, we're looking very forward to our screening at the Meditation Museum on January 28th. And hopefully you'll be able to FaceTime in or Skype in and also get you to talk to the audience. No, that's going to be that's going to be amazing. I've never <laughs> never done that before, Sister Jennifer. That's going to be fun. Only at the Meditation Museum. Take care and lots of blessings and continued success, Bill. Thank you so much for your work. Thanks, Sister Jennifer. Next time I do a film, I'm going to get you in it. <laughs> I'll hold you to that one. I'll hold you to that one. Many blessings. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. It's amazing how a life situation can actually transform your whole narrative or your whole, uh, I guess, your GPS. I mean, when I miss the exit, what does it say? Turn around, turn around. And perhaps when we're missing our exit, our soul, something in the soul is saying, turn around, turn around, go this way, do it this way. That's Bill Bennett from the GPS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System movie. Please come out to the Meditation Museum on the 28th, which is a Sunday. And for more information, go to meditationmuseum.org website for the information on that upcoming screening. I also want to welcome in our studio, who was on a sabbatical, the wonderful Sister Gita who has been um, just doing a lot of amazing good things out there in sunny Florida. And also we have her back here in the nation's capital for a while. And we cannot end the show today without hearing not only her deeply spiritually cared for spirit, but um, also one of her poems or sharings or readings. Sister Gita, welcome back. We've missed you. Good day. It is indeed a pleasure and a It's joy been too long that I have returned here. <laughs> yes, thank you. Glad to have you back. What's one of your little gifts for us today? I am touched. This is an intuition. Looking for love. All we need is love. All we need is love. And why do we need it? Why are we looking for it? Because we are love. It's just that over a period of time, as Sister Jenna was saying, when we miss the right direction, the GPS will tell us something else. No? So we need to go inside. So are you looking for love? I am recalling an experience I had a few years ago, feeling the love of the divine cannot be put into words. The happiness was higher than the greatest mountain. And the love was so amazing that for 16 hours I sat there not wanting to eat. I was just so fulfilled. So looking for love. Modern love has come out of the heart and it's gone into the head. This is why we have headaches because the head instead of the heart has started to look for love. The poor heart has forgotten its love and has become unhappy. Whatever the age, young or old, even small children, everyone 
All they need is love and looking for love. If you go inside yourself, there you will discover what love is. If you look journally all the time, you will need to keep looking and looking. Inside you will find love whereby outside deception and sorrow is happening. You have to go inside to look for love. Perfect love. The experience of perfect love is deep within each and every one of us in our subconscious personally. Because we had the experience at some point, we have been searching for it ever since. It is exactly because of this deep inner experience that we will always be dissatisfied with any kind of false love. Although false love might work for a little while, ultimately, we will always feel that something is missing and what we are experiencing is not true, real love. So the search is then taken up once again. The GPS taking us back inside. Our search for perfect love eventually pulls us back to finding and experiencing love of the divine. Om Shanti. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. So good to have you back and bask in your positive vibrations. Thank you everyone for joining us on the air today. Please remember our motto. No one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. We are here to love each other the same. Really, believe that. And don't forget to go out and get a copy of your Inclusion Revolution together with Love CD either on Amazon, iTunes, or come to the Meditation Museum either in Tyson's Corner around Tyson's Corner, Virginia or Silver Spring, Maryland. We wish you well, everyone. Take care. Here's positive resistance from Inclusion Revolution together with love. There is a positive resistance that persists throughout our humanity's story. It's the resistance that will not allow the dark to take over the light completely. It is the resistance fueled with passion, goodness, truth, and benevolence. It is for the benefit of all and never just some. So in this moment of quiet reflection, when I think I resist, what do I mean? What do I wish to not nurture? And what do I wish to encourage to make humanity's story one of victory? To think I resist will never be enough. But I know I must change my own darkness that is within me. When I can transform my own dark into light, 
my negative state to a positive state. Fear into love. This is positive resistance. As I weed out the garden of my mind, uprooting what is no longer a healthy thought, what intention or experiences of the past that no longer serve me or others. I can feel a positive resistance moving me upwards and forward in this deep silent space of wisdom. I have the power to keep maintaining positive thoughts for the self, for everyone around me. It is in this gentle persistence that I am at peace inside. I'm able to observe the qualities needed to move out all traces of darkness into light because I'm committed, convicted, and dedicated to a positive resistance inside, ushering through unstoppable positive changes in myself and in our world. Let me take this time to sit in the stillness and be silent. 